Hey, 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 no more stalling, Bo. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, talking to myself here in my living room about weed. And that's why we call it a podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about women's health issues. And this is for anyone who owns any lady parts or experiences hormonal fluctuations that, uh, mimic uh, those who have lady parts because women with our hormonal fluctuations and with all of our lady bits can have specific advantages when we use cannabis for our personal health. And I think that deserves its own podcast. I have talked about pregnancy specifically before, and I will talk a little bit about fertility this week. But I'm going to focus more on other issues. But if you want to know about pregnancy, there's another podcast for that. I absolutely recommend you go search for it at thespliffpodcast.com or on iTunes or wherever you search and listen for podcasts. Now, normally I like to open up with stoner moments, but I got to be honest, I'm not really with it lately. I don't know if maybe you've noticed I haven't been my usual self. I'm getting out the podcast kind of late and the I feel I, I don't know. I feel like they're a little sloppier than usual. I haven't been able to to stick with it quite as much. So I feel I mean last week's podcast I think was good, but some of my my friends know this already and I'm just uh, I've been going through some things because I'm going through a breakup right now. And it's amicably, um, we've been together for the better part of 10 years and it's been a really hard process, uh, despite it being on good terms, uh, I've been doing a lot of grieving. And so I apologize if, uh, you've been frustrated with me at all. I'm a little frustrated with myself, but I'm also trying to be really kind to myself, um, I haven't felt like this in a really long time, and I know with age, you can become a little bit more accustomed to it uh, when you have had experiences with it, but, um, oh God, and it's been so noisy lately too, so if you're hearing all the background, I'm sorry, and I was going to record earlier, but then the neighbors upstairs, the not totally sucky neighbors upstairs moved out in the middle of the night, and... uh and they had a clean, and that was really noisy, and I'm just kind of like, blah, with the grieving, and uh, what was I talking about? See, this is why I'm like, I'm really going to sit down in front of a microphone and talk to myself right now. Jesus. So what a great day to talk about lady stuff. Before that, though, real quick, I am just going to say one more time, uh, thank you to Dharma Bodhidharma and Scott for uh, their generous donation, uh, which helps me renew my domain. But I do still have to renew my website. And if you would like to help contribute to that, if you find any of this information valuable, uh, and would like to and are able to make a monetary contribution, you can do so at patreon.com. That's P as in Paul, A, T as in Tango, R-E-O-N is in Nancy.com under the Spliff Podcast, two F's, two T's, no D. 
and uh, you can go ahead and do do it all on the legal up and up that way. And you can be a monthly contributor or you can make a one-time contribution. But I do have that website coming up soon. So I'm just throwing that out there. Hey, single now. Down to one income. And I'm a single mother of two adorable furry kitties and 10-year-old turtle. It's middle-aged, you know. All right, let's talk about women's stuff. Uh, but don't worry. If you aren't a lady, you should find some useful information for this one. If you have lady friends that uh, you want to make sure have good health or uh, you about yourself. Because in learning about the opposite sex, we can only learn more about our own. Right? So this one might be specifically for those with the boobies and the vaginas or vaginas and or the hormonal fluctuations, uh, but really it's for all of us. That being said, this isn't some BS rejuvenation nonsense that is going to talk about how basically women's health is somehow different than everyone's health. I think I read some stupid article and it was like, oh, it'll help you exercise. It'll help you rejuvenate. And I was like, you mean like everybody fucking needs to do? Perfect. Yay. I feel so informed. Now going to that, let me say, the history of cannabis as a medicine for women goes just as far back as the history of cannabis as medicine. The Chinese used the plant to address women weaknesses and, uh, and, and also really address the feminine energy of the plant. There's also extensive recorded use of Queen Victoria using it for her severe menstrual issues. And then it's mostly just bits and pieces of things that it was used for here and there during childbirth and different mixes from Egypt through different parts of Europe and Russia. But really, I mean, let's be real. Women in history? I mean, who gives a fuck? Am I right? So... We don't really have anything in great detail or abundance, just uh, bits and pieces of fun trivia. And I mean, I love that shit, don't get me wrong, but bits and pieces don't exactly quelch the naysayers who would call for overwhelming proof. And then when it comes to the actual science, the priority of women's health outside of breast cancer, which is very well funded, uh, thank you to all those who donate, is pretty nil. But there is a little bit out there, and it's overwhelmingly positive. Well, I shouldn't say overwhelmingly positive. I feel like the science is overwhelmingly positive, but then you always get those science that are like, oh, women are way more sensitive to cannabis, and that's why they can't handle it, and and just go super slow and, and send baby, 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 meh. As like a super stoner girl, I'm like, really? Could you treat us and talk to us more like we're children? Like we're a different type of species or something? I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased. I don't 
I just feel like the way that these things are worded is so ignorant of the way that women actually work. And, uh, and so, hey, hey, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. This is my outlet. Oh, I need to smoke some more weed. I am surrounded by weed and I'm just going to smoke a little bit more. Um, that's super dream for, for my appetite and for my anger. I had to bust uh, some of the last of that out. Oh, I had hidden it deep into the recesses and I was doing great. And I was like, man, maybe I should just smoke it for fun because I don't know. I don't know how to, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. And cannabis is not something that won't degrade, that doesn't have a shelf life. You know, you can't store it forever unless you prepare it in a way to store for a long period of time. But in order to do that, it can't be the flower. But with the grieving, it's been really hard to eat. It's been really hard to do a lot of different things. And so I'm really glad that I held on to it. And I'm smoking some right now because I still haven't really been able to eat. I'm just kind of like, meh. And I'm hoping it'll help. And I'm mixing it with that golden pineapple to help keep me lifted, keep me light. And I got a little CBD on the side uh, just because it's a good idea to help even me out. Though I have been using that CBD infusion uh, from the CO2 extraction with the Soothing Soos. And I got to say, I'm going to talk about it more a little later, but I got to say it is a lifesaver. Really exactly what I need. I'm really happy that I have it. So I got a couple more batches of that that I can make. But I want to smoke some weed right now. So let's do that. Now, why are all these things so important? If you're not so sure, I suggest you check out my episodes on indica versus sativa. And it addresses some of the different strain nuances much more thoroughly. And that's really important because the use of indica and sativa can really help you target your own needs to really zero in on what you need specifically. And while there's a lot that can be gained from the use of non or mildly psychoactive cannabis as well, knowing the terpene balance and how it's going to affect your overall mood is one of the best ways to help women deal with a lot of the menstrual issues that that can really affect the day in and day out of our lives on a minute by minute basis. I mean, they can completely affect like one stupid snap and, and everything comes crumbling down. And Now, one of the things I will say that women definitely do need to do is be more aware of how indica and sativa can affect us because our hormones fluctuate so much our experiences with cannabis can also fluctuate significantly and I think this is something that that maybe the men who might have issues feeling high um, there have been some studies that show that that men just don't get as high as women do and I, I haven't really seen any of them address the different hormonal issues the fact that men stay at a more stable hormonal level and therefore it's harder to get that that looking glass moving again right to jump in and out of that wonderland whereas women because our hormones are fluctuating our upregulation and downregulation is also always in fluctuation 
And that in and of itself changes our perceptions and our experiences with cannabis on a much more regular level. Now, along those lines, women who are postmenopausal might also have an issue or more issue with getting high if they are an experienced user, maybe even not so experienced if you find that after a short while using cannabis, you have tapered off one that's totally normal. Um, But if you are looking to get to that kind of recreational attunement again, you you have to change up your different strains and, and keep your hormones guessing. Now, I say hormones in a very generalized manner because I don't know all the nuances of how terpenes and cannabinoids genuinely affect our system, but I think hormones covers most of it. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, I I mean, in my experience, my hormonal levels can really genuinely affect not just how stoned I feel, but how the medicine actually works. I think one of the best examples of this is in getting sleep. Sometimes no matter how much weed I eat and smoke and use for lotion and soak in, I I can't sleep. And it's that anxiety. And I do believe that it's a, a hormonal issue, whether it's because I actually have a bunch of stressful shit going on in my life or because um, my my reproductive organs have decided to go insane. Usually it's a mixture of both leading into each other. Uh, and, and being able to zero in on that kind of stuff only comes down to access, safe access, and the ability to be able to go out and experiment with different types of strains. Now, a lot of people, the majority of people, I would say, are going to find that it doesn't matter which strain they use. Um, It can help them sleep or they get really anxious. But with greater understanding, with more knowledge comes greater understanding. And with greater understanding comes a greater desire to really get what you want. And what you want often will come down to what you need. So you need access to different types of cannabis if you're finding that what you currently have access to isn't working for you. Now, I like to start with the terpenes because I want you to understand the challenges that you're going to be faced with when you are trying to medicate with cannabinoids. Uh, which are the more marketable components of the medicine. But they aren't the only thing that will be affecting you. So a lot of your success will come down to not just the right cannabinoid mix, but also the right terpene mix, especially if you're smoking it. That being said, there are amazing things that cannabinoids can do for your menstruation, um, for all the different kinds of of issues that women deal with during the menstruation cycle, from emotional pain and turmoil and fluctuations to cramping to uh, fertility issues as well. It's been shown, uh, it well, studies are promising, uh, though, of course, they can never totally, you know, uh, 
fully get behind the fact that women who are having issues becoming pregnant might benefit from the use of cannabis. But the fact is that cannabinoids directly target our reproductive organs. And if our reproductive organs are in a great part responsible for our overall mood, keeping them healthy throughout the cycle helps balance out our mood cycle and also will promote a friendlier environment that recognizes an embryo and will help it attach instead of attacking it. Because trust me, when the uterus is already fucking pissed off because it's in pain and shit, it does not want fucking visitors around. All right? It will fucking destroy some shit. It's scary. Now, my favorite cannabinoid for coming out of that scary place for both pain and emotion is CBD. And I like to eat it myself. I find that about 10 milligrams, 6 to 10 milligrams, um, sometimes during very intense part of my cycle, I need it every four to six hours. And usually the rest of the month, I can take one dose a day. So six to 10 milligrams of CBD once a day, I find really helps me have a lot better control over my emotional state. I can really see the reasonable side of things much more easily, even if I don't feel attracted to them um, because of my emotional state. But In my life, I've always noticed that I really was able to to get to that place of reason much more easily when I was regularly using CBD, especially as an edible, more than smoking, though smoking always does help. And And I always associated it with a better neurotransmission of of my signals but i didn't really stop to think that probably one of the places that was being fine-tuned and and getting a better more stabilized foundation were my reproductive organs and as the place where a lot of those hormonal fluctuations and emotional outbursts would come from. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily like really produced in just the reproductive organs, because obviously the brain is associated very much too in the pituitary gland, but they all communicate with each other. So when they communicate better with each other, and CBD really, really does allow that for emotional stabilization and pain relief, CBD is amazing. So when it comes down to pain relief, I find less cramping and I get swelling around the ovaries. Now, I can't say for sure that it's been like ultrasounded and I have it documented by doctors, but I know that my mother has a history of this type of pain and it got worse progressively as she got older. And so as I was getting older, I was noticing an increase in uh, pain along my ovarian sides preceding my menstrual cycle. And then since I started using CBD, I have noticed a serious decrease in pain associated 
with that type of pain that I was feeling before. Now, that's not to say that I don't feel it anymore because I do. Um, but it's generally not as intense. I've had one intense experience in the past, I'd say, four months that I've been really serious about using CBD every day that I'm on my menstrual cycle every day. Because for a while, I would only take it every so often in order to save money and this and that. But as my menstrual cycle has become more intense, I've realized that the CBD really needs to become more a part of my daily diet. But when I started mixing the CBD with the Soothing Sue's, I found even better results. I found way less cramping overall. I found way less intense pain overall. And I found even better mood stabilization. So I really believe that the THCA, since it addresses inflammation so well, also does incredible things to stabilize uh, the reproductive area during your cycle preceding post and all that other good stuff. It does really good things for the lady bits. Unfortunately, THCA is so understudied at the moment that I don't have much more information to give you. Uh, when, However, when historically, those tidbits that I was talking about, when they talk about grinding cannabis up and mixing it with honey or milk and using it as a lotion or as a lubricant to ease the pain of childbirth uh, or uh, in teas that aren't super heated up, they're talking about THCA for pain relief. Because in order to get THC, you have to heat the THCA molecule up. And I do have a podcast about decarboxylation. If you want to know more about how all that works and what makes the difference and and all of those specific things that I'm not going to get into right now. But generally, it's THC that we identify with muscle relaxation. But when you address inflammation that causes muscle tightness and cramping, you don't always need that relaxation. And the truth is that sometimes THC just doesn't give women all the relief that they need. Now, I know that there's a lot of women right now who are like, works for me. Like a power to you, sister. Power to you. I'm really happy for you. And I fully address the fact that we all have different issues. So I know that my personal experience isn't going to transcend and that a lot of women will find their best relief with THC. That's not going to stop me from asking you to explore a little bit more and see if the non-completely non-psychoactive THCA is also a good option for you and if the mildly psychoactive CBD is a good option for you. Um, By the way, I also have podcasts on CBD and THCA specifically, two different ones if you want to search for those as well and learn more about them. Another thing that I want to talk about is the use of CBD as a way to promote breast health. 
that is one of the more promising studies that is available that show that CBD can promote breast health by encouraging breast cancer cells to turn in on themselves, to, to basically destroy themselves. And the science is kind of muddled from what I've tried to read about it, and, and I can't really get a super great understanding, but if breast health is an issue for you, um, whether you're a man or a woman, because there are definitely men who have some serious issues in maintaining a healthy breast tissue in their pectoral area, the use of CBD salves as topicals, lotions, things like that, CBD oil can be a really big asset to maintaining that healthy function. And that's not to say that THC will also be beneficial. I just wanted to throw that out there since the studies were there. Now that we've created a little bit of a foundation of a, the indica versus sativa and the different cannabinoids and the many different issues that can be available, let's talk about more issues via the different types of available means, specifically other than just smoking it. Now, the first one that I want to talk about, uh, I love that I've already addressed it. I addressed it several months ago, but I, I keep getting tagged in it and I'm super okay with that um, because it really helps people learn. And I'm glad that people are excited and it really pushes people to think a little bit more are vaginal suppositories. A lot of times the, the headlines are going to say weed tampons, but they're not weed tampons. They are vaginal suppositories. Now, that being said, a friend of mine recently texted me and let me know that she did use some of the, I believe it was the Soothing Sue's on the tip of her tampon during her menstrual cycle and she found relief with it so the the tampon isn't necessarily going to get up next to the cervix the way that a vaginal suppository would and that's kind of the trick with the vaginal suppository is it can be very targeted pain relief but one they're fucking expensive usually uh forias are I think $44 for four. And uh, there are other companies that make rectal suppositories. And they're, from what I understand, they're the same thing. They're cocoa butter uh, that's been mixed with coconut oil that's been infused with cannabinoids. And they are very high in THC. The Foria ones I know have some CBD and I wish that there were ones that had more CBD in them personally. But I genuinely believe that it's a great option. However, if you don't have access to them, creating your own coconut oil, whether that is a non-decarboxylated THCA-rich coconut oil or a decarboxylated THC-rich oil or your CBD oil, whatever you can get a hold of, you can still either make your own or just use the coconut oil. And coconut oil is a great product because it brings me to another way that you can use it as a woman without getting high or without having to smoke it, which is topical application. 
Um, you can use it in salves, like I was talking about for breasts, but a, a lotion and a salve will be great along your abdomen as well. There are baths, medicated salts and bath oils that you can add in that can be very relaxing. Some women may find that they become very relaxed when they use cannabis topically. And I would say that there is no science to show that anybody is getting stoned, that there is a transference into the bloodstream that proves in any way that there would be some sort of psychoactive change going on. Um, There are some companies that claim otherwise, and there are some people who experience something they feel has altered their perception. And I would say to them that there's a system called the endocannabinoid system that can trigger the healing responses and that can make you very sleepy. And if you'd like to know more about that, I have another podcast about that. Oh my God, what episode is this? This is episode like 44. I have a lot of information out there now. So episode 44, if this is new to you, feel free to go back, catch up. I try to make a a back catalog that would kind of stand the test of time for a little while and, and create a good educational resource. Shit, what were we talking about? Topicals. That's right. Now, where some people will get very relaxed, others find uh, that they can be very rejuvenating. Some of that comes down to what is mixed in with your topical application. And I would not suggest the majority of cannabinoid-rich lotions and salves that are available on the market right now if you want to use that tampon trick. Something really, really clean like the Soothing Sue's, which, and I love Sue for this. She is so cute with being at the Cannabis Cup with her and talking to people and and bringing up the fact that uh, the Soothing Sue's really started as a massage oil and flavored lubricant for women. I just, I just love it. People... They either get really shy or they start giggling or they're super into it. And Sue, oh, she always brightens up when she starts talking about it. And I am going to talk about some of the the women positive companies that are out there. But Sue's obviously is one of my favorite. And because it's just a cannabinoid infused coconut oil, that is a really clean product for you to be able to use on your own without too much influence from other types of terpenes or without destroying a lot of the bacterial nature of your vagina. Now that's not true for all women. So that's something else that you want to keep in mind. The whole plant options will contain terpenes, uh, may contain pesticides and, and different uh, uh, contaminants that you may not want. So getting a refined product, a distilled product and making your own is always an option as well. Uh, or getting a company like Foria, which uses a distillation from my understanding is also an option and could 
have less impact on the overall bacterial to fungal ratio of your vagina. So if that isn't an issue for you, you may find that the application to the vulva area, to the vaginal area, creates either vaginal stimulation and or vaginal relaxation. So cannabis can really help women enjoy better sex, whether that's by yourself or with another partner. It can really make the experience more intense for a lot of women. They can find that they have a higher sex drive um, than they were experiencing when they weren't using cannabis in that area. And that, again, goes back to all of that play in a very targeted manner with the reproductive area. You can also experience this if you use suppositories rectally. And I did talk about that. I have more episodes on suppositories. I think that was really early on, like episode six or seven or something like that. And that will get you very, very high if you use THC and the different terpenes rectally. However, because it's so close to all of those reproductive organs, you may also find uh, maybe an hour, maybe a day and a half later, maybe a week later even, that you have an increased libido, male or female. So not only does cannabis help keep the boobies safe, keep the, the women emotionally stable and happy and pain-free, it also gives them a better sex life. That is what we call motherfucking flower power. So I pretty much talked about most of the companies that are kind of cashing in on that flower power, bringing education to the ladies. Uh, Soothing Sue's, my favorite. Foria is another one that specifically makes lubricant and the vaginal suppositories. I believe it's owned by a man, but they are very women-friendly. And I think I've said I believe it's owned by a man before, and I still haven't actually looked it up, so whatever. Um, and then another one that's newer to the marketplace is Whoopi and Maya. Now, that is partially owned by Whoopi Goldberg and by another woman, Maya, who uh, was an edibles maker, ohm, something, something. Anyway... They have partnered up and they have a lot of different options. They have the bath salts, they have cacao with CBD in it, and cacao has uh, a good amount of cannabinoids, which are healthy for women's health to begin with. So um, there's a, the Green Cacao Company is another company that makes CBD and THC infused cacao, which I love and I remember really finding a lot of benefit with when I was able to afford it back in the day and would use it around my menstrual cycle, but it's a little pricey and I can't afford it anymore. I don't know what the price points are on the Whoopi and Maya. I know that Foria is in the $40 range and then Soothing Sue's is again the best bang for your buck at $25 for the large four ounce and you can eat it or use it topically. So... To me, that's the win right there. I don't think the Foria is edible at all. Uh, but I do want to say, going back to the Whoopi and Maya, 
BuzzFeed did a review of the Whoopi and Maya products, or at least some of them. And in it, in their little BuzzFeed video, they peppered in some interview that they had with Whoopi Goldberg and she fucking nailed it. Oh my God. I really wish that they would release the full interview because she just really just gave a a concise, brilliant, and insightful criticism of the cannabis market right now. Uh, Specifically, she talks about, uh, I think she had met with one of the founders of Weed Maps, and she asked with her experiences in uh, using cannabis to relieve her own uh, menstrual issues. And I mean, I'm not getting super specific, but I want to say whether your issues are endometriosis, infertility, um, inflammation, uh, ovarian inflammation, uh, necropathy, all kinds of issues. Cannabis can help you. And you don't just have to smoke it. In fact, a lot of times the best option is not smoking it. So if I didn't address your specific issue, I'm sorry. But going back to Whoopi, she's talking to the Sweet Maps guy. And she's like, hey, are there any products, you know, like for, for menstruation? And the guy was like, no, not really. It's kind of a niche market. And she's like, yeah, a niche market. You know, 51% of the world's population. A niche market. Fucking nailed it. And I'm not going to spoil all of it because she even, the ending was so good. Okay, I'm going to, I'm totally going to spoil it. She was like, who are you? And I'm totally paraphrasing here, but she's like, who are you to tell me? that I'm PMSy, but then to deny the fact that I am also in pain. And it just it's just the way she said it. I'm gonna have a link for it on the website under this blog, the spliffpodcast.com slash episode 44, whatever this is going to be. And on that happy note, I got to go. No safety meeting today. I'm meeting up with Sue later. I'm gonna get myself some of that uh flavored bliss. Hey. Oh, I just remembered I'm single. Well, at least I'm stocked up on bliss. Chill for now, you guys. Thanks for spliffing it.